This is the Z Code Sports Betting Podcast. Are you struggling to find success betting sports? Tired of empty promises and scams handicapping services? Wondering why Vegas sports books become richer and richer and how you can win on sports too? This podcast is what the sports investing industry truly needs an insider look into proven successful strategies. The Z Code Podcast is your crash course in sports investing that destroys popular misconceptions and provides invaluable sports prediction analysis tools that you can download for free. We outline insider winning systems from experts that make a living through sports investing and explain how you can do it too. Armed with the best tools in the industry and a proper mindset, sustaining profits is easier than ever before. Welcome to Z-Code Podcast. Hey, Mr. Pink, to start it light, how have you been? Hey, Jake, I'm doing doing pretty well. Um, trying to keep up with everything as we already kind of hammered out. I'm pretty busy these days. I took a new yeah. job, got building a house right now, and I have a one-year-old. So trying to keep up with everything has uh, been quite the procedure. Funny, we've been chatting to do this podcast for the last uh, few weeks. And, well, out of curiosity, where are you building your house? Uh, same place I live now in, uh, in South Carolina, um, just a couple miles away, but got a little more land. I, I kind of grew up in the woods, so I uh, found a nice piece of land where I can raise my son kind of away from everything and all the craziness. So just get a little more, a little more land, a little more space. Well, betting aside, you've been doing really well on the personal level. You've expanded your family as well. Yeah, man. The trick is to, you know, keep all the buckets in line. Don't, don't let anything, you know kind of spill over from one into the next you can keep everything in order then keep it straight yeah keep a steady ship and as far as the mlb season goes how are things there uh it, it's been good so far i mean eight april was decent uh you know I, I was up a couple of units in april the beginning of may hit me pretty hard uh i've had a lot of a lot of walk-offs go the other way on me, um, not in my favor. Uh, and then over the past two weeks, you know, I've kind of kind of picked it back up. I changed a few things and uh, definitely back up in the black now and going from here. Yeah, it, it, this is a very interesting season for sure. A lot of new rules went into place after... Uh, you know, COVID, they wanted to shorten the games a little bit and make them a little bit more exciting for the viewers. Um, I guess this is a way for them to bring in the younger audience as well and get them a little bit excited about MLB, uh, don't you think? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think I think they're uh, partially going to get that younger audience um, involved. Uh there's also, you know, like you mentioned, a couple of the rules with the new collective bargaining agreement that they worked out. The season started late, you know, late spring training. Um, and so you didn't have a lot of pitchers getting a lot of reps in. You didn't have a lot of batters getting a lot of at-bats in. And I think that carried over into the beginning of the season. And you saw some teams that were expected to play well struggle, um, you know, just because I'm a Red Sox fan. I'll, I'll use them as an example. Uh they've struggled really, really 
bad in April and even the beginning part of this month. And lately, they, they just picked it up. They kind of have everything clicking again now, which is where they, everybody kind of thought they would be. Um, so I think you'll, you'll continue to see that as we move into the summer months, uh, that that time period that they didn't get because of those collective bargaining agreements really hurt a lot of teams. Yeah, and do you find it surprising that a lot of teams, well, I mean, a lot of teams have spent a lot of money this season. And this is kind of strange to me because we're coming from that progression of we just had COVID and the season got cut short and, the well, they didn't play half of the matches. So obviously the sponsorship deals were probably not mm -hmm. as 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 big as they normally would be and obviously the televised profits that the, well, the profits that they get from tv were probably not as big i don't know what the contracts are i don't know if they were finalized in a way that they were treated as okay you fair play you felt you played the full season oh you mm -hmm. played half of the season and we'll pay you for the full season anyway because we have a contract but it is kind of strange it's just assumed that they probably didn't make as much money as they normally would um, yeah, so that I, I know a lot of the MLB teams stemming from the 2020 shortened COVID season into the 2021 season, uh, that really hit the, the, you know, the, the AAA and AA level hard, um, because those, those seasons were basically canceled that year. Um, so you missed out on a lot of player development. A lot of these organizations didn't get a lot of their top prospects. Uh, in any kind of development that year. Some had the alternate sites where they could get them in there, but they weren't really playing games. Um, and so we kind of saw that reflect a little bit in the 2021 season. And I think it's still making a few ripples into this season as well. Um, we've seen a few prospects come up. Like last year, we saw Wander Franco come up with Tampa Bay, and he really kind of came into his own. Um, and now he's considered, you know, arguably one of the best shortstops in the league. And then uh, this year, we've already seen like Bobby Witt Jr. come up uh, in Kansas City, who was like the top prospect, I believe, in in the uh, MLB. And he's already playing pretty well. So I think you're seeing kind of uh, those top prospects come up and make their mark already. And there's a whole ton of other prospects underneath them that these organizations were looking at uh, developing and they missed that year. So they're kind of catching up on that now. And that's that, that should help a lot of the lower tier teams in the long run as they develop. All right. So moving on to your systems slightly, we're going to be jumping around here and there. We talk about MLB throughout, of course. But what are some of the lessons you've learned so far in this baseball season? Oh, this baseball season. <laughs> I mean, All right. Let's just expand it and say previous season as well. Yeah, the, the, this this you know last year and this year even because um, last year was my first full year um, handicapping MLB. Uh, I've, I've a lot of what I've learned has been don't take anything at face value. Um, it's it's not what we know that it's not what we don't know that hurts us it's what we know to be true that's not true that's going to hurt us um so just always expect the unexpected and, and play for that uh on top of that i think it's a lot of what i do when i handicap um most everybody only looks at the starting pitching the first thing i do after looking at who who's going to match up is look at what arms they have in their bullpen 
who's active and inactive and who we can potentially see based on, you know, the last game, the day of rest, et cetera. Um, and, and that's all a guess as far as, for example, you know, we don't know, we don't have a direct line to the manager of the team or anything. So you really have to, you have to expect the unexpected there. Mm. And do you have any regrets uh, as far as things go uh, for your system or the bets you place may have uh, anything, I guess? Um, if I were to say I had an, any regrets, I, I, I try not to use the word regrets. I'd say if, if a learning situation, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to lower my volume. Um, and I think that's going to help me in the long run. I spoke about that on the wall a lot with old school. Mm -hmm. um, some people and their system, you know, like, I, I just throw Victor out there for one. Victor's so consistent. He can do a play on almost every game. And you know he always stays. He stays profitable. He he keeps he keeps up with it. For me, it's it's just not that way. Um, because I, I I'm very manual with my process. Um, and I I look into so much about each game and situation. Uh, so lowering my volume is something that I I would I wouldn't say I regret, but I've learned that I need to do over the long run. Um, and that's gonna help profitability. Mm -hmm. And then this is something that we did discuss in the previous podcast as well. I see that you've uh, you're developing that idea further and further. This is really nice to hear. <laughs> Old school is probably the best person to 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 get advice from in in that regard. So he's probably oh, especially when it comes to baseball. Especially when it comes to baseball, <laughs> he's just he's just a, he's got a vast knowledge of baseball of mm -hmm. years of experience um but if he's willing to give it to us we have to take it and run with it yeah and he, he doesn't place many bets himself it's probably one or two that i see him put out every now and then but i guess these guys when they basically when they just find value they they go for it yeah and exactly you probably i mean how many games do you have in in baseball like 800 per season well, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it, I mean, you know, 162 per team, you know, multiply that by so and so. Um, yeah, if, if, you, if you do it up on every game, it, it gets up there. Um, even I actually have my, uh, my spreadsheet open from last year. Um, and I, I was on the upper end of plays. Um, we even saw uh butcher come in uh and and he started doing some mlb and he didn't make that many plays you know in comparison to the rest of us at all but he was super profitable like last year last year i had a grand total of 525 plays which includes uh straight plays uh player props etc um and I'm, I'm trying to cut that in half basically oh wow okay fair enough and it, you know, last year I was still I was still profitable and a three percent ROI. Um, my first full year, I wasn't upset about it at all. Uh, almost sixteen units, so not not upset at all. But I know we can push and make that higher. And I think, uh, as old schools mentioned, lowering the volume is going to go a long way to doing that. Mm. And is this something that you've noticed as well from the spreadsheets that you've developed? Because this is very good in terms of having that analysis in front of you and then seeing patterns and being like, OK, I need to make changes here. OK, maybe the month of May was really bad. Uh, I know why, because X, Y and Z. 
Yeah, uh, definitely. I, it's always good to go back. I, I like I said, I, I use a spreadsheet. It's not only just you know, for transparency, but for my own analysis. Um, and I can apply some macro factors and micro factors to what you know what I think contributed to you know hot streaks or losing streaks um, and anything like that. Whether it be time in the season or like I said, uh, teams that missed a lot of. Uh, spring training that we're trying to develop some of these players and get them ready for the season, et cetera, or even just, you know, uh, games that have been postponed and um, things like that. So there's there's a lot of factors you can tie to it. And just having that in front of me helps me do that kind of analysis. Mm. So what sort of, so we obviously discussed the idea of lowering the amount of bets, but what are some of the improvements that you've made to your system so far? Um, so, one of the improvements, uh, I, 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 I don't, I've kind of expanded out. Um, I was really stuck in using two or two more so two data sources last year. Um, so I've expanded out a little more, um, and I'm incorporating a lot of different data sources this year. I'm, I think I'm already up to five, and that includes uh, Savant MLB, which is uh, powered by Google Statcast, and you see them reference that a lot during games. I use fan graphs. Um, I've used, I'm using RotoWire, which is really a big fantasy baseball thing. Um, and I use I use that platform a lot because I do play some fantasy baseball too, but it's also very helpful when it comes to player props. And I use a consolidation spreadsheet to show me past performances of batters versus a specific pitcher. So I, I tend to, um, when I start looking at a play, I'll look at that first to see what the past has been like for that pitcher against this lineup that he's going to see today. Um, And then I use baseball reference a lot, uh, the baseball reference and um, the stat profile that comes with that too, just to look up anything um, stat wise for a player. Uh, And then I've got uh, a special Roto grinders weather page. I use a lot. Um, And from there I kind of go into, I don't look as much into splits you know money versus ticket splits like a lot of people do i I tend to rely solely on cold hard stats um but every now and then i'll look and see you know why is there a ton of money here you know it it doesn't make any sense and and if if that's the case a lot of times i end up staying away from it but i try not to get too caught up in what other people you know the the big money is probably coming from the good old butcher (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) it's it's wise guys like that you know that they've got the in and and the you know the, the odds makers move the lines because of them or sometimes I, I know a few odds makers i met when i was out in vegas back in march and uh one guy said we, sometimes we move the line just to move the line he says you know if we want people on the other side we'll move it and make it look like it's enticing just to just to even our liability so i try not to take too much into account when it looks when i see something like that <laughs> Oh, all right. So what's next for Fahrenheit? Sorry, I'll just rephrase that. What's next for Fahrenheit 451? Oh, man. Um, so what I'm working on right now, I'm, I'm trying to get to a point where I have MLB kind of ironed out by the all-star break um, so that I can kind of go on autopilot with that for the second half of the year and uh, focus a lot more on the nfl um i have some models i'm putting together for that and college basketball had a rough nfl season and even rougher college basketball season 
last year. Um, and I, 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 NFL's really hard to, you know, make a profit in, especially long term. Um, so I think I'm going to focus a little bit on that more, more when it comes, you know, towards the end of summer. Um, and then I want to move into college basketball a little bit too, which is always evolving and hard to keep track of. And it's been kind of a pain with the new rule changes there too. Um, so it's going to be some, some new models um, and really uh, kind of figuring out a way to iron down who's going to be on what team and what the chemistry is going to be like uh, and, and what, what teams I think will be undervalued. Um, I, I want to know that I have a good some kind of semblance of that going into the season. So I know where I want to, where I want to position myself kind of going into uh, 2023. Okay. So yeah, that was probably the next question as I was going to ask you what you're going to bet on once MLB season is over, but you sort of explained that already. (laughs) Well, that's, I, 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 I just feel as though I you don't see me do much NBA. You know, I, I know basketball. I've played basketball all life. I, I just can't I just can't do NBA. I don't feel comfortable with that. And I know we have a ton of people that do that anyway. Um, so I'll leave that to, you know, the seasoned veterans uh, and really baseball, uh, NFL. I, I did, you know, I do college football a little bit, too, when I have some time um, and then college basketball. And, and I, I don't want to. I don't want to expand out too far and, and give a B or a C effort to uh, every sport, whereas I can consolidate and, and give, you know, an A effort to a few sports. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, um, a, it's a very good idea that just stick to what you're comfortable with. Yeah, definitely. And that's, I'm going to, once I get autopilot in baseball, I'll build a focus on NFL and get ready for that. And have you started using any of the Zico tools for MLP? Oh yeah, I uh, I start every game at the game center. Um, I look through everything at the game center before I move on to anything else. Um, it just gives me a good idea of the, the starting pitching. Um, I, I still a, a big fan of uh, the oscillator tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I go into uh, kind of like the the over unders. I look at you know what kind of streak they're on. Um, I, I like the sweep resistance when it comes to, you know, if I'm going to play a progression. I don't do many progressions, but if I do, that's always a good factor to look at. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and then I like looking at just having their last five, six games there. Uh, I, I Most of the time, I don't watch every game, so I, I, I can't always tell. But really, like, knowing where they've traveled, who they just played, um, goes a lot into how they're going to perform in their next game. All right, so <laughs> I was going to ask you some general questions about MLB uh, and the season so far. Uh, we were going to talk shit about Dodgers, basically, but we can't really because <laughs> the questions are from a few weeks ago, and frankly, they have won like multiple matches hey. in a row now, which kind of defeats the purpose of talking shit about them because now Yankees are pretty much level with them, aren't they? But they're still a very much of a, we could say a surprise, not really, probably one of the highest paid teams in the, in the whole league, but mm-hmm. there's, well, they're doing well finally. I could, I could talk shit about any team. 
even <laughs> even the Red Sox, you know. Oh, well, I, I, that's I, a surprise to me. I mean, <laughs> listen, man, as as a as part of a member of Red Sox Nation, we were not happy for the last month and a half. If the last two weeks and turned it around to where we think they should be going, well, there would be an absolute mutiny right now on Hein Bloom and Fenway Sports Group ownership of what they did because they didn't do anything in the offseason really. If they signed Trevor Story, uh he got I think six years, 142 million. They didn't address bullpen issues. They signed two C tier pitchers who are now in the rotation, Rich Hill and Michael Waka. And we're all like, what are we doing here? Like, do you not want to give it or you got all this money you can spend and, and you you don't do it? Like you almost went to the World Series last year. You know? That's still, I mean, not, they're not doing well, but they've won five matches in a row, which is something, well, that, I suppose. There's six in a row now and eight and two in their last ten, and they beat some good teams. You know, they they, they beat they took a series with Houston, um, and now they're you know they if they win tonight, they take the series with the White Sox, who just swept them you know two weeks ago in Boston, uh, and. A lot of that is, you know, it's more so a confidence booster. Their bats weren't there, and they, they, I think they lost like nine games in walk-off fashion already this year, and their save percentage was like below forty percent at one point. So it's, you know, it's the bullpens, man. It's the bullpens that that are losing games left and right. And I know Christopher knows about this too. I, I've seen him have to deal with the same thing. It's, it's the bullpens, man. Some of them are just awful this year and and it's continuing over from last year so trying to figure out what that is um and the contributing factors is big uh but i i will i do want to touch on the yankees it'd be unfair to not touch on the yankees because of how well they're playing um they were expected to be so good last year they didn't quite perform i mean you know they they made it to the wild card against the red sox and you know that game happened but this year you're seeing kind of the formation they made a good couple off-season moves uh they got uh isaiah kind of and jose trevino from from texas that was a good trade they got josh donaldson from minnesota also a good play uh they they were able to move uh glaber torres back to short everybody thought they were going to go for carlos correa and i think it was a good move they didn't and then you have just aaron judge and john carlos Stan absolutely mashing baseballs i think they're both in the top five in home runs right now and it's not just at Yankee Stadium. They're doing this everywhere they go. This is like what we thought Aaron Judge was going to be in the first place. So it was all kind of coming together. Not to mention their bullpen has one of the lowest DRAs in the MLB. Uh, I, I think, you know, with their starting rotation between Garrett Cole and I actually have Nestor Cortez on my fantasy baseball team. I knew he was going to be good. And he's uh, so far outperformed expectations this year. Uh, and then they have a great bullpen, you know, Chad Green, Wandy Peralta. Uh, they picked up Clay Holmes from Pittsburgh at the trade deadline that last year. He's really performing well for them. I do see some cracks where it's, you know, creating opportunities uh, for anybody to sneak up on them as the season goes on, um, just between injuries and uh, if they can continue to perform at this level. Uh, but I think this this Yankees team is going to be the team to be in the AL right now. Yeah, and uh, the whole fiasco with Donaldson as well. What what happened there? So, uh, from what I understand, um, in 2019, 
Tim Anderson uh, had said something to a reporter and was publishing an article that he thought he was like the modern day Jackie Robinson because, you know, he's changing the game. He's making it like more fun and kind of like upbeat. And when Donaldson and him got into it over the weekend, I think it's Donaldson called him Jackie and they kind of saw it as, as something potentially racially motivated, um, oh. which obviously, you know, that is not good for the look of the sport or, or the league at this point. So they wanted to, you know, make an example out of Donaldson, who's always kind of been a bad boy anyway. You know, uh, he, he likes being one that people hate. So uh, I think that was kind of the reason for it. Um, it, it Donaldson's been around for a while. He, he knows better than that, though. Um, but he's just kind of playing his part. Yeah, it's a funny thing that can possibly not have a knock-on effect on the rest of the squad when they're doing well and then suddenly drama starts to appear through the cracks on the team. But yeah, nonetheless, people like Trevino are just sort of carrying them, I would say. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but no, no, no definitely. That, I mean, Tre- Trevino, you know, walked it off in extra innings last night. Uh, it is tough, you right, when you lose somebody who's you know big part, an integral part of the lineup, because then you're moving DJ LeMahieu over to third base, and and Donaldson's not in the lineup, and then you got someone else play first base, and you know you have people hitting, and you know now that haven't been getting a lot of reps, and so you're not getting those key hits as games have gone on. You're getting guys on base, but you're leaving them there instead of getting them home. And it, it's a ripple effect. It definitely is. So oh, that, hold on. we got to go to the Dodgers real quick. We got to talk about the, the service. <laughs> the, the so, yeah, I was, I was going to ask you, do you see the Dodgers being a major contender to Yankees or have yeah. they fallen off, which was the question from a few weeks ago. We could probably change that around a little bit. Dodgers were playing a bit shitty, but now they're just unbelievable lately yeah i mean the, the way the dodgers have spent money like the way they they put together a team they don't care about salary cap they have the money to spend i, I think you know this could be the year we see dodgers and yankees in the world series hey look at last year i i, I even said last year watch out for the braves coming out of, of the nl east and look at they won the world series you know so it's a long season there's a lot that's got left to play out and happen, so any, anything could happen. But the Dodgers are really heating up right now. Um, again, and Mookie Betts is kind of like the ex-girlfriend we had to let go as Red Sox fans, and you know we're happy that she's doing well with somebody else, but it sucks, you know, because we don't have her. Um, so M- Mookie's been killing it lately. They, you know, they 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 made that trade for Freddie Freeman, signed him. Um, they kind of got rid of Kenley Jansen who was, you know, the hit or miss closer that they were dealing with. And they ended up picking up Craig Kimbrell when they traded uh, A.J. Pollock to the White Sox for him. So uh, another, you know, former Red Sox that's over there is going to be a great addition to the bullpen. Um, and on top of that, you just have, you have a really good group of baseball players. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Chris Taylor. He, he plays like eight different positions. He's great at the plate. You want him in the lineup no matter what. It doesn't matter if he's playing left field, shortstop. It doesn't matter. You just want him in the lineup so he's, he's getting at-bats. Um, you know, Max Muncy is pretty versatile as well, despite how big he is. Uh, I know he struggled a little bit, but he's going to pick it up. Freddie Freeman's going to do Freddie Freeman things. You know, Justin Turner, Trey Turner. Uh, it, the list goes on, man. And then their bullpen, you know, is still nuts just, just between – 
Walker Bueller and Clayton Kershaw and Julio Arias. It, it just never ends. Even though they lost Max Scherzer, you know, it, it doesn't end. Yeah, and I was just wondering, what the hell is wrong with the Reds this season? <laughs> I, I think it's a combination of letting some talent go, which was, which was a cash kind of a cash outflux. They just wanted to, like, they started Winker and Eugenio Suarez to the Mariners, and they just wanted to get them off off their balance sheet, really, just so they didn't have they didn't have that liability of paying them. Um, I don't think their ownership really cares so much about winning this year. I think they're just kind of, like, looking at it as a rebuilding year, and they're going to be sellers at the trade deadline. Anybody who wants to go, and they still have Joey Votto, but he's not doing a whole lot right now. The rotation's not anything special. Uh, I, I don't even know. I haven't heard much about Jonathan India this year. There's all-star second baseman who's a rookie last year. So they, I think he's hurt maybe, but I mean, they have, they have a few key pieces they can build around going forward, but I just don't think they care at this point. <laughs> so, Overall, in the retrospect, they, start, they started like three and twenty-two, which has got to be one of the worst starts I've ever seen. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Oh. I know in a lot retrospect, of the wall made money just fading, fading yeah. the ads so far this year. <laughs> um, yeah. So, last question. I was just going to ask you. In the retrospect, how does the season differ from the previous season? And this can be in terms of your systems and their performance compared to mm -hmm. how things are going right now. Just in general, MLB, both money making um, and also how the game is being played, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's still, obviously, you have the we've got rid of the seven and uh, the game aspect we got rid of the seven inning double headers we're back to true double headers we still have the the ghost man starting on second or whatever in extra innings which i think has to go to um and we have those rule changes that stem from the cba talks uh that just happened way too late um and just on i think it's still really early in this season to decide what's completely different like i've always already mentioned that I, i'm trying to have lower volume um one thing I'm, I'm looking at a little differently is the performance of the bullpens like i said uh I, i'm i'm pretty much going to expect them to be bad and fold um so I'm, I'm trying to you know make sure that in my selections i have a team i think is going to be ahead enough you know behind a good starter that they can still give up a few runs and win the game. Um, one thing I'm doing differently also is I'm not, I don't play any juice over, over minus 140. If you want to do that, that's cool. I, I, I mean, even, if, even going over minus 130 is going to be pretty rare for me. Um, I'm really eyeing anything underneath that. Um, even if that means playing like a minus one run line, I won't play like a true run line very often. And most of what I play is going to be dogs. So, like, last year I had a losing record, but uh, most everything I played was plus money. So it, you can have a losing record and still be profitable um, as long as, you know, that odds, that your average odds are going to equal, you know, your winning percentage and it's going to, it's going to lead to a profitable result. Um, I think, you know, baseball is one of the best sports when it comes to, you know, plus odds winning. Um, 
just because of, of you don't you don't ever know what's going to happen. Um, we're actually seeing a lot. Of, I think I heard a stat this morning that only 76 favorites have covered the run line so far this year. There's only wow. 76 games where the favorites have covered the run line. So like plus one, like if you're even the plus one and a half on a dog, then I mean it's still going to be a little juicy. But I mean that that's if I was going to bet it right now, that's the only thing I would bet. Yeah. Um. The the Marlins have lost like. 13 games by one run or something like that so like you see i've seen games where their money line on the game was like plus 160 and their run line is minus 160 just because books know that these guys are losing games by one run and people will pay for it <laughs> wow okay so that's, well all in all that's another thing i'm, I'm, I'm differing is, is I'm, I'm continuing to lower the amount of juice i take um and really trying to focus on sticking between a range uh, that I deem to be profitable. That's a brutal way to lose them. Multiple matches oh, yeah. just by one. <laughs> That's what, between being on the road and getting walked off by the home team or just like even even being at home and you're down one going into the ninth and, and you come back and, and you just you leave that one extra run out there or something because you ground into a double play or something like that. You know, if you watch enough baseball, you'll see it all. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I hope I to like post this man. podcast very, very soon. So um, I wish you best of luck with Fahrenheit 451. <laughs> I, I appreciate it the time as always. And uh, we'll keep pushing. Yeah. Uh, trying, trying to make some good selections and kick it into gear here in the summer and make some money and go into the fall. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I remember our last podcast when you were talking about your system and, you know, things were not sort of going in your direction and, uh, but you just kept on pushing and you made those uh, units in, in profit in the, in the end of the season. So congratulations yeah. on that. I, th yeah, I think th that must have motivated you to, to, to keep going. Well. Through August of last year, I, I was I was beaten pretty badly, and and really late August, September, and you know playoffs, I was able to bring it all right back around. So <laughs> it's you you never over. It's never done until you know the last game's done. Yeah, so if you if, if you can you know figure it out and and work out what works for you, then there's there's always a way to turn it around. <laughs> there we go. There we have it. Thank you so much, Mr. Vink, and uh, best of luck to you. Thanks, Jake. I appreciate it. Let's uh, let's talk again soon. Yeah, we'll try to schedule some more time. <laughs> Hopefully, you're, you've got your busy man. So, always we'll always work it out, man. We'll always work it out. I, I keep saying I want to do one uh, with Christopher Old School, so we got to get one of those two on. Okay, I promise you, we're gonna get that done. All right, I'll, cool. uh, I'll try to convince the guys. It will be a lot of logistics. Three people on a single podcast is something I've never done before. But right. uh, we'll, we'll get it done. It's possible. Let's do it. <laughs> if there's anybody right. that can do it, it's you, man. <laughs> All right. Yeah, take care. All right. You too, Jake. Bye now. Thank you for listening to our Z Code Sports Betting Podcast, where insider systems, secrets, and tools are revealed to help you win on sports betting. If you have a comment or question, make sure to visit us at www.zcodesystem.com. Download our free sports prediction tools and join our VIP club to follow winning systems from people who make a living betting sports professionally. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. See you next time.